You know what I mean? I know what you mean. 601 in the Southland on a live imaging Tuesday. Cappy's back. Cappy is back from vacation and birthday. I got to tell you about your birthday gift here in just a few moments. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I got to finish these goldfish. Yeah, but- well, I finished the goldfish. <laughs> Time for what you need to know. Brought- At least you didn't choke. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. It's the 90 minutes from wherever you are. I can have two things in my mouth. Okay. Talk. Yeah. Anyway, take it away, producer Lindsay. All right, Christopher. Lots of room in there. Yeah, that was an interesting. Well, are you trying there. to say like? No, you said you. This do... is like when you called me a husky lion yeah, just... when I did the Lion King Simba bit. Yeah, you yeah. called me a husky lion on the air. Do you remember that day? <laughs> wow, husky he was all lion. mad. He was mad about something. <laughs> well, he's like not mad. Call me a husky lion. Well, you're mm. a husky. You're a husky guy. A husky, I feel like is a is like not like some sort of indict indictment on you. How yeah, about, how about visceral fat? Is that, visceral is that, fat is all indictment on fat, you. I mean, jeez. Yeah, yeah. a commercial where the guy's like, if you're a husky guy, yeah. you know? Yeah, but that's for like husky's a big Husky's like, um, like, a husky guy's like a handsome guy too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's husky. He's, he's, he's a handsome, handsome fella. Yeah. But nobody's ever told me I wasn't handsome, but, you know, I'm husky. There you go. You could be both. Having a nice Double H. I don't think it's a nice. You don't have any on like no. the hair today? No. no, you don't like it. I had to add extra product because I knew it was going to get wet out there. Yeah. And this morning, trying to get to the train station, I, I, got, was lug- brutal, I got luggage. I mean, the umbrella was flying up. Yeah. <laughs> and I got one of those big suckers, one yeah. of those big golf umbrellas. Yeah. It was mayhem out there on the streets. Yeah. All right, take it away, Lynn. All right, so Hawaii is poised to approve a $25 climate tax on tourists who visit the state in an effort to combat what they claim is an assault on the area's natural resources. Yeah. So they had 9.5 people million people visiting hawaii last year and they're still recovering from those devastating wildfires in lahaina maui uh which killed at least 100 people um the proposed tax will pay to protect beaches and prevent wildfires and then they say it's a very small price to pay to preserve paradise so yeah if you want to go visit hawaii you're gonna have to pay a 25 dollars tourism tax people go to vegas and those hotels charge you so much Uh, uh, money now per night yeah uh, (laughs) like 40 dollars a a night a resort fee yeah you're like what do you mean what's the resort fee and they're like oh that's the resort fee so like if you ever want to use the gym or something wait hold on you're gonna charge me 40 dollars a day yeah well this this is actually on top of the hotel they like they have a state mandate oh they have a ton of taxes for the hotels yeah yeah this is just for like you'd have to pay it when you like when you book your flight no no i understand but that's my point is that people go to Vegas and they charge you every night for this stuff. I have absolutely no problem with this. If I were going on a vacation to Hawaii, right? Or even if I were going on business to Hawaii, and the, and the state of Hawaii was like, look, um, we think that for you to visit our state, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful cost place. You a couple of bucks to yeah. do that. I think that's legit. Listen, if you go to Arizona, right, and you go to rent a car yeah. in Arizona, oh man, and they tell you, hey, it's seventy dollars a day. And then when you go to return the car, you find out it was really like $170 a day. Right. And you're like, what's this? And like, well, how, how do you think we built all these stadiums here? Right. Yeah. That, oh, really? Rental car taxes. So that's how they do it, especially places that are tourist traps. Yeah. Got no problem with it. I got no issue for an extra 25 bucks. You can take it. I'm good. Like, I'm happy with going to Hawaii for an extra If it actually goes to the thing they wanted to, but, you know. Well, you would assume so. Yeah, well, I mean, Hawaii's that. pretty good at preserving. California's a great example of that. Uh, I mean, Hawaii's also a lot smaller than California. Don't get me started. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot easier to You're manage very stuff. very political. No, oh, we'll go. Oh, you, you want to run? Go. Well, we don't, I know we don't, you'll go. We don't have to We'll go. run oh, like no. the horses. You'll go. You'll burn this whole thing down if you have to. Who's going to ride with your wild horses? Good question. Yeah. Don't know that. I'll get yeah. on top of it. All right. Thanks, Linz. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes. I mean, Lindsay didn't even smirk at that. From wherever you nothing. are. Nothing. You got nothing from that. Yeah. You got nothing at all. For what? Yeah. <laughs> he was going to ride the wild horse. I just, yeah. El caballo. So. Cappy, sir. We were talking about the college football playoff. We were. And the Pac-12. That's right. Pac-12, again, they just, just to wrap it up, they just screwed this thing up in right. a huge way, man. But, but, like, if you just find a way to stay together, you have an automatic bid, you're good. You would have found yourself in a situation. And I, I've I've said this in the past. I'm, I'm fairly certain I've talked about it with you. Like, people forget that these commissioners, Larry Scott and George Klyovkov, they had a chance to be bailed out. The Pac-12 network, would you say... Of all the launch sports networks, the biggest failure? I would guess so. I mean, I never knew where it was. I right. never watched anything on it. So, and and they would put games that you would want to watch on it. Trust me when I tell you, but you just, their, their carriage, they wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. ESPN tried to bail them out twice mm-hmm. on that. Once when John Skipper was the president, once when Jimmy Pitaro was the president. Twice they said to him, look, we've got, we've, we've built the SEC and the ACC network. We get carriage all over the country on these channels. Like, we can do this. And they didn't do it. Like they, com- they, I have not seen over a decade 
a conference can completely just implode the way they've imploded, all based on one bad decision after another bad decision after another bad decision. Dude, the conference of champions, 100 years. All they needed to do was figure it out just within the last two and they could have saved all of this and made a ton of money for everyone. Little did they know, a year ago, or whenever it was that USC and UCLA announced that they were leaving for the Big Over Ten. Over a year ago now. Little did they know that on a day like today, they would announce this 5 plus 7 college football playoff deal and how they would be part of it. But they screwed the whole thing up. The presidents also don't help either in that scenario. And let me tell you something. Academia. USC, and, and I'll... I'll I'll put USC out there first. You can spend as much money as you want to on a coach. You can tell me how much money you're going to have for NIL deals. You can be, um, you know, old school tradition and everything, and Heisman Trophy winners and national championships. When you get to the Big Ten, in particular in the first few years, you're going to be a bad Big Ten football team. Oh, I don't think they'll be bad. Oh, I do. I think they're like an eight-win team, which is not what you want at USC if you're paying Lincoln Riley. They are not going to be... An upper echelon. They what will is not their over-under? They will not be Michigan. They will not be Ohio State. They will not be Penn State. They may not be Wisconsin. Oh, come on. No, I'm serious. You're nuts. Wisconsin? Get yeah, out of here. Look at Wisconsin last year. I don't remember exactly what they did, but just I'm using them as an example of Wisconsin the is like brands. Wisconsin is like the second-tier Big Ten right, team. Right, after— USC is not going to be a second-tier team for that long. Okay, I'll tell you this. I made this prediction in the last segment. In five years— the Pac-12 will do everything it can to regroup. So I, I think that that may happen. Do you know why? Because I think we're headed to the soccer model, like the Champions League thing. And basically what's going to happen is in college sports, and I think it's going to be basketball uh, and, and football. And they're going to do 48 teams or 64, whatever, and they're going to be split up into regions again. And then it's basically going to be that, except it won't be called the Pac-12 and the SEC or whatever. It'll be called the East, West, North, South, whatever the hell conference. And that's what it'll be. It'll be like they'll take the Champions League soccer model and they'll do that. Just taking a look at last year, the Big Ten. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State are in the east, and then Iowa, Northwestern, Wisconsin in the west. I would say Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, I'll throw Iowa in there for now. Yeah, Iowa's say, not a bad team. I would say that that, that USC is maybe a 5-6-7 type team in the Big Ten next year. Uh, I think they're about 8. They're over under 7.5, so I'm going 8. Okay, so 7.5 wins or 7 I mean, wins, listen, 8 wins? I think 7 or 8 wins is where they're going to be next year. Like, I don't think that that's that. I mean, for, a, for the first year in a new conference, I don't think that that's I think that's reasonable. Seven or eight wins. You think they're going to be five wins? Like five is no, kind of crazy. I'm saying five, but I could see six, I mean, seven, you just eight. said five to seven. No, no. I said five to seven is where they'll rank. Oh. in the conference. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. I mean, let's not get nuts here. I was going to say it can't be. I mean, but you, my point, though, is this, is that if USC mm -hmm. is going to go into the Big Ten. Right. And be a five team like. Like number five. Mm -hmm. Well, where's Wisconsin? Where's Oregon going to be? Where's Washington going to be? Well, I think Oregon. Well, listen, I think Oregon is like going to compete for the national championship next year. Like they're going to be an upper echelon Big Ten team. I will find that hard to believe. I'll no, believe that dude, when I see. Dude, Oregon. It. First of all, let's look at. I mean, okay, let's do it this way. If you look back at the last, I don't know, four or five recruiting classes for Oregon. Okay. They've consistently been like in the top five. Okay. Which has never happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like what Mario Cristobal started that like top five uh, classes. He had a couple. They won some Pac-12 championships and he was still stacking. Dan Lanning took that and also continued that same trend. Like they have recruited in a way at Oregon that they have never recruited. This is no longer Chip Kelly's Oregon where they're just a finesse team. No, they bludgeon you on the lines of scrimmage. Like they're that good. Okay. We'll see what happens when they play in the big time. Okay. You seem dismissive. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Because recruiting classes don't necessarily always translate. Okay. I well, want to see I mean, what when happens you, when they well, play a actually, different style of football. So I would agree, I would have agreed with you a decade ago, but there's a lot of evidence that over the last five five to ten specifically, okay. that the teams look at the teams that win recruiting every year, okay? Alabama's consistently there. Uh Georgia's been there in the last five consistently. Like you you got like the teams that are winning the recruits, they're the teams that are participating in the college football yeah, playoffs. I just think that the best teams are in the SEC and the Big Ten. We'll see what happens. I mean, listen, for me, I can't wait. I think it's going to be very but entertaining. I, I do think USC is going to be about a seven or eight win team. So let me see. What did you say they were? Five to seven? Yeah, so uh, you've got Michigan, Ohio State, 
Penn State, maybe in Iowa, maybe a Wisconsin, these kinds of – I mean, do you think USC is going to pull in and be a top four or five team? Do you think Oregon's going to be so let me let Michigan? me look at the overall record. So the overall record, 15 wins, 11 wins, 10 wins, and then 10 wins. Yeah, I think they're – yeah, five is eight wins. So, yeah, I think they're in the five range. Could, I, could they be Maryland? Could they be – um, better than Wisconsin? Could they be better than Northwestern? Yes. I would hope so. Better, in the first year, yes. I would hope so. I what? think they're better than those teams. Okay. So, yeah, uh, four, they are a top five team. In, uh, well, so we've got Michigan, who will probably take a little bit of a step back next year. They lost a lot of guys on offense. Not only their, their, and their coach. coaching staff. Right. Ohio State is probably going to win the Big Ten, okay, if I had to guess. They've spent more than anybody in, in, in NIL this mm-hmm. year by a wide margin. Like, I've heard... Uh, eight figures, okay? Um, Penn State will be good. And uh, Iowa will always be that tough defensive team that it's going to be impossible to score on. And, and you think Oregon's going to pull in and be right I there? I think Oregon's going to be better than everyone not named Ohio State next year. If Oregon goes into the maybe Big Ten... Mich- maybe Michigan. If Oregon goes into the Big Ten and they're already a top three team, that says a lot about their program. Okay, well, we'll and see. It, yeah. So you made a bold prediction about 2029, which yep. I kind of agree with. We'll end up in this thing where, I don't know about the Pac-12 reforming, but where we'll be regionalized again, I'm with you. Oregon will be a top three team, barring like some catastrophic injury to like a quarterback or something. All right, well, let's see. Let's see what USC, happens. USC, we'll see. Five yeah, or is, five. Today? Oh, today's February. Today's February yeah, 20th. 20th. Okay. Yeah. All right, we got a long way to go before college football season. Yeah. So anyway, five plus seven. Pac-12, you screwed this up. Oh, let me tell you about my, your birthday gift. Oh, oh really? yeah, your birthday really? gift. So... My tailor, the great Raj Kaswani of Kaswani Clothes mm-hmm. over in Sherman Oaks on Ventura Boulevard, where we all used to work at the old Premier Radio Networks. Okay, right. He dropped this jacket off at my home. That's been it's been waiting. He's been waiting to drop it off for a little while. Which jacket? The jacket I'm wearing right now. Okay, got it. Just came in, but it's I've been waiting for it because of the fabric. Love for a while. that jacket, Thank by you. the way. He goes, you know, I love Cappy. What are you doing for his birthday? It was his birthday weekend. I said, I don't know. He goes, why don't you get him a couple shirts? So that's your birthday gift. Two custom-made shirts. Hey! Over at Rosh Kasani. He's going to probably come here. Really? Because it's far for us to go to Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Come here. He'll measure you up. Right. You know, they're going to measure everything. Okay. Two custom-made dress shirts like I wear. Hey! We'll put put your monogram right there. You could just put Cappy on there. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah? Really? And do I get to wear, like, cufflinks, or do I have to button these things up? You can get a button shirt. You can get get, Or you can get cufflinks. You can get French French cuff. I always do French cuff. Okay. You can do a a regular cuff. You can do whatever you want. Parlez-vous français? Uh, No, but I do want some cufflinks. I want to look cool like you. So if you get cufflinks, you got to do French cuff. What's the difference? It just it was it doesn't have the button. Oh, I th- well, I thought that there you was can like do a regular button. cuff, but that doesn't look as great. I'm not to me. You either do button or you do French cuff. Yeah. Okay. All right, French cuff is what where they they pull the thing back. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah got. you pull it back. Yes, okay. you pull it back. <laughs> you got to pull it back <laughs> pull a little bit. Back. Yeah. That's the French one. Yeah, and <laughs> he can also make them a little bit shorter if you're just going to wear them with jeans. So sometimes when I wear jeans and the shirt out, yeah. that shirt's a little bit shorter than a normal shirt that you tuck in. So anyway, boy, Raj, I, am, I am moved by that. Yeah, see, see, that is lovely. Yeah, you didn't think I you didn't think I thought about you on your birthday. No, that's wonderful. Huh? It's beautiful. Well, actually, Raj thought about you. That You're was great. hey, Raj, Raj, Raj. Appreciate you, there Raj. You I, I like the idea of not having my initials, but having Cappy on. Oh the yeah, shirt. like mine say Christopher, and then on the back, underneath the on the top part of the backside, it says my initials there. CMM. You could, CMM. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, no, no. I, I want Cappy on the on the thing right there. Yeah, and I on want, the cuff, and I want sack on the back. Sack on the back. Yeah. <laughs> like that? You want sack no, on the back? Just sack. Oh. S-A-K. What oh. is the A for? It's for Arthur. Yeah, so you use your bit on us. No, it's Christopher It's it's Christopher Arthur Morales. Right. What Greg, are you? I'm Alan. Scott Allen. Oh, so, so it's, it's Alan. Alan. Yes, it's Alan. Alan. By the oh. way, Scott Allen would have been a great on-air name like in, yeah. like, in the early hey, 80s. Scott Allen. Scott here. Allen, 4 o'clock in the Southland. Yeah. <laughs> on the music that makes you move. Here's the new one from Van Halen, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just... Oh, Scott Allen's cooking. He's talking about love. (laughs) Scott Allen's cooking in the afternoon. (laughs) I love those shirts. Well, you got two of them. There you go. All right. There you go, Cappy. How do I get that jacket, by the way? Well, that's a whole other thing. Okay. All right. Coming up next, Cappy. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the Dodgers for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But the Angels made some news here the last day or so. Really? Was it the Angels? There's some players on the team Mm -hmm. that made some news. So we'll get into that. Stick around. 710 ESPN. Oh, Nirvana. Yes, indeed. 618 in the Southland Live Imaging Tuesday. I'll shit out of a cap. We lost him, of course, back in 1994. The great Kurt Cobain. Happy birthday. You almost share a birthday with Kurt Cobain, Cappy. I share a birthday with a couple of guys that are pretty good. Michael Jordan. Oh, that's pretty good. 
My boy David Goggins. Yeah. Anybody know who David Goggins no, is? No, not a clue. I know who David Goggins is. Yeah. It's my man. And of course, when we talk about Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, there's few people in the world that have touched music where you can say they truly changed music. They did. He did. And he yeah. was one of them. Mm-hmm. When Nirvana hit, changed the sound of the 90s, changed the sound of music for a long, long time. I had to tell DeAndre that exact thing when he first started playing this. He's like, I don't know this song. I was like, what? And then once we got song? to the chorus, you know he this? knew it. Hold on, hold on. Once, once I started you getting to the hook and everything, I was like, oh, I know this song. Oh, you do, do you? Yeah, Why? Because so. who, who, who heard it on a bar movie, or something? Yeah, yeah. No, who remixed it and like put it into a, another song? No, no I just heard, heard it on movies and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Bars, movies. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, man, put some respect on my name, man. You've had a rough day today. Why? Well, it started when he when he didn't know that expose was expose and he thought it was exposed. Right. That started the whole. But that's not a bad day. He's young. It's a generational gap. Yeah. Well, he called Depeche mode yesterday. I mean, Depeche mode. No. I said Depeche Mode. That's not a bad day, though. That's a good day. It's a funny day. <laughs> Here's the thing, Producer D. A year from now, you're going to know all this stuff because we play it. So you're going to get educated. Every year it's going to be the same stuff. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, the OTDs don't change that often. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is going to be Kurt Cobain's birthday next year, too. Yeah. And that's why we all. <laughs> We are role models for the youth of America. Because right. if you weren't listening to this show, you're going to learn about music. You're going to learn about culture. You're going to learn about things that Cappy does, so like bad. his spare underpants. Yeah, right. You're going to learn about life. This, is, this isn't just about sports. No. It's about personality radio. Yeah, it's about With more. a little bit of sports. Yeah, it's about more. It's about And then life. when we're not here, sit down and talk to a little extra sports. Is that true? I don't know. Did we talk extra sports with Beto yesterday? No, not really. Yeah. yeah. There's a mix. Yeah. I think this is a healthy mix. More of a mix than when Cap's here, I think. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> she never t- she never misses a moment to just swing no, at you, right? No, doesn't. that's not a swing. <laughs> she never is it a swing? misses a moment. You know what I did say? And I, actually, answered an- I answered it truthfully. I actually, you weren't even, I, it was when you were still out uh, sick, Lindsay. What I did make a comment about to the audience was, Man, we break on time when Beto's here. Like we, we like hit every break. Like and and it wasn't like we were like stumbling to the break. Like we hit the break. It'd be like I'd look up when we were done with the conversation. We're like, all right, let's go to break. And it was like we cap, forget it. And if Chris is both, you're both here. It's like the, the rails well, are off. Yeah, that's the DeAndre whole point. DeAndre said yeah. the same thing. We don't have breaks. Oh, DeAndre, really? He said, oh, no, really? he said, no, 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 really? no, 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 big deal. All of a sudden, you got a lot <laughs> to say. Not about Chris. Big deal. He just said, he said, hey, when Beto's, we were talking about, like, we're like, oh, this is a good show. This is fun. And it was like, yeah, and we're break on time. And I was like, yeah. Well, there are no break times anymore. No. We I break mean, when we I want, mean, when the right. content so, holds up. I'm just yeah. saying, we, yeah. we we broke at the normal times. Okay, we don't have normal times anymore. No. Where we're going... You're there talking no subversive. My bad. So you're My talking bad. subversive, DeAndre. You're talking My subversive. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, saying that you know we're breaking on time. That's all. There you go, DeAndre. That's, I'm with that's you. all. Not, yeah, it was an observation. Yeah. I wasn't throwing jabs at any. Just say, oh, you know, we're breaking it on time today. That's subversive. That. Appreciate that. Hey, George, I want to let you know something. <laughs> yes, let me know uh, before unlike, we get into Rendon and uh, yeah, and Trout. Unlike you, yes. Who, when I ask you to do me a favor, mm-hmm. and I say, hey. Mm-hmm. I think you should watch Reacher. Right. Reacher is an amazing series right. on Amazon Prime. You watch True Detective. You you laugh at me about Night- Reacher and you tell me how 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 it, it's beneath you. This is not my cup of tea. It, not, you don't even know if it's your cup of tea. Or not. I tell you, this I've right seen now. the movie. I tell you, well, I haven't seen the movie. Okay. Well, well, there you go. So I know what it's kind of about. No, you don't. Okay. You don't. But here's what I can tell you. Yeah. Your show that you've been saying is how great it is. It, you're on pins and needles. Okay. What's the name of this show? Uh, True Detective Night Country. True Detective. On HBO. Have you seen any of this? No. It's fantastic. Go it ahead. Is, it is, uh, honestly, like, I thought I was going to have nightmares last <laughs> night. Because I watched the first two episodes. Has anybody here seen this? Uh, I have. Not? I'm not a fan. Okay. I First of all. You got to love mysteries. Okay, well. I do love mysteries, but it's weird. I don't really love okay. mysteries, and I don't really love, like, any sci-fi stuff. There's no sci Not really sci-fi. Oh, yeah, know. there's it's, sci-fi. It's kind of no, sci-fi. No, it's not. Yeah, there's no I space. I mean, there's like a ghost. No, it's, sci-fi is not there's space. There's like a spirit. Yes, it is. Sci-fi is not space. Yes, it is. No, it's space. not just yes, space, but it's like a spirit of, like, I don't no, know. fiction. It's more like that. It's more about the indigenous culture and, and spiritual culture of Alaska. That's what it All is. All I know is this. I don't want to ruin yeah. it for anybody, because I'm only two episodes in. Yeah. But. There's some weird stuff going on yeah. here where these dudes disappear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they find these guys and they're all butt naked. Frozen. Okay, frozen. In naked. Alaska. Did you say anal? anal? In Alaska. I thought you said in Alaska. In Alaska. In Alaska. No, no, come on, man. <laughs> the way I heard it was it just uh, sounded weird. Where's the social media? That needs to be cut up immediately for okay. Mandy's three folder. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Did it sound like that? No. no. It didn't? 
<laughs> in oh, Alaska. Okay, the way you said it sounded different to me. We, look, all I'm saying is this. We really got to keep going now? There's like five naked dudes. Yes. They're all, they're all frozen, and they've all got this look on their face like, ah! What happened to these five dudes? Yeah. Why are they all naked? Well, you get to find out by episode six. Why are they all frozen? You why, find out. And why do they all have that look on their face that they're in Alaska? Yeah. And then every character's got like... <laughs> Got uh, got something going on. Like, there's a lot going on on every character. Oh, my God, yeah. man. Yeah. Please pull. I want to play that before the show's over. Please pull yeah. that 30 seconds there. And my favorite part so far in two episodes, my favorite part mm-hmm. are the strong women. Okay? I mean, Jodie Foster kicks ass, and so does her partner. Yeah. The, the woman who plays- Although, they, they're not partners right, in, right now. Her but. character is Navarro, I yeah. think is the name and of her. Evangeline Navarro. Okay. And both of these women know what they want, and they get it from the guys that they're with. They're like, hey, look, I'm here. Yeah, it's give time. Give it to me. Yeah. Right. Give it to me right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. In fact, you know what? You lay right there. I'm going to give it to you. You know? It, what is it, wrong with you? No, just, and that's it, true. It actually did happen I understand. That way on the but show. Like, yeah. You need to watch this show. It, it's a good show. It's hard for did me you to like work it? in new I, shows. I, I'm, it's, it's hard because it's so dark it's and intense. it's so cold. And it's intense. That I'm like, I can't stand watching this. I like watching the British Open in golf. Like, I love watching the Masters. Right. It's green and it's, colorful. It, it's, you know? it's filmed during, in the, this, the, the series takes place in a couple of weeks span in Alaska. That's why it's called Night Country. Which is they call it the dark period where there's no sunlight. I could never live like that. Right. Could never. Yeah. Ever. And that's, ever. But live I also like think that. that's part of the interesting part of the show because it's like it's always nighttime. Like it's always nighttime on the show. Could never do that. Even though it, they're cooking breakfast, it's nighttime. It's like it's crazy. You could take. It's me, a mind bleep. I could go to Seattle and deal with the rain. Right. Before I could ever live in Alaska. With no sun. Where there's no sun. In fact, Not even a gray day. They, they actually, yeah. the beginning of the series is like, hey, it's the last sunset of the year. Right. I'm like, what's that mean? And then the whole series is under nightfall. Yeah. The whole thing is dark. Hence night country. It's hard. It's hard to watch. Yeah. But, it's, but I'm, I'm only working my way through this it's to intense. get to episode five. Because you said episode five, five was is, a masterpiece of television. Okay. Well, that's why I'm watching. Yeah. In fact, tonight after the Kings game. I think I'll probably go back to the East Central tonight, and I'll probably watch an episode or yeah, two. Yeah, episode five is like just one of those like, whoa, I can't believe that happened. I didn't see that coming. Chrissy, catch up. And honestly, the ending was also I didn't see I didn't see the ending coming either. I have no idea what's happening. Well, so. I, I, well I, I was like, the, you're like that. You're supposed to be like that for like three or four episodes, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then five, things start to crystallize, and then six, it also obviously crystallizes because it ends. But the end, I was like... Huh, I would have never guessed that was the way it was going to end. Not in a million years. A bunch of naked dudes frozen in a in an ice block. And their faces are like, and, ah! Right, and they take this ice block and they're like, well, what are we going to do with it? we got to get these guys out of here. And they're like, okay, let's put it in the middle of the local ice skating rink. Yeah, they, they closed the ice skating rink to put it in there because it was the only place they would thaw out and not decompose. Weird. Yeah, it was um, it's it a good show. Good show. Weird show. Weird, but good. You're going to need to watch this, Chris. But all of those true detectives were all weird. I've never saw any of them. The one, I mean, the, the other one. The first season was fantastic. And then yeah, but the end, the end stunk. The end of the last episode of the Woody Harrelson McConaughey one was such a letdown. Never saw it. Such a letdown. And it and it sucks because the first nine episodes were great, but or whatever episodes they did. But the last one just stunk. Mm. This one, they were they were building the whole time. They did a much better job of building and not letting it like fall off a cliff at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. It just was more of like, oh, I didn't get it. I couldn't believe. No, I didn't get it. I didn't get that that would be the way it ended. I know. I'm only watching this because of you. Had you? It's it, good television. If it was not you telling. I mean, me about listen. It, I watch more it. people watch True Detective on average this season than the last season of. Uh, than I think the average of what saw succession throughout its whole whole run. Dude, Reacher's blowing it out of the water. Go watch Reacher. Reacher's not getting thirteen million people watching every episode. Fifteen million every no, episode. Not. Yes, it is. Fifteen million. Stop. That. Twenty million. Maybe fifteen thousand. Twenty million every episode. Reacher's a badass. <laughs> and by the way, if Reacher were up there in the dark country, he'd be kicking everybody's ass. Just so he you know. wouldn't get frozen naked, is what no, you're saying. No, he would not. Like a popsicle. No, he would not. No. Could he beat like these spirits? Do you think, Cappy? Yeah. I don't know yet. I haven't. Uh, real that quick, point. how about a? Uh, you ready there, D? Sedano and Cap instant replay. Oh. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> that was thank you, D. That I was mean, so good. We're gonna play that one more time before the show's thinking? over. Like, That's the way I heard it. I mean, jeez, my interpretation. For the love of God. <laughs> I, I mean. Uh, Tell me any other show on this radio station that's or in LA that's making you laugh like this every day. Um, Cappy, speaking of your interpretation, so we yeah. can sneak it in before we go to Big Deal or No Deal. Did you hear Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and their comments? About, I mean, just basically arriving at spring training, basically, in the last 24 hours. The reason I heard about this is my son, 23 years old, yeah. sends me a... Justin. A, yeah, sends me a tweet from Anthony Rendon, and he's, my son is furious. He's so offended. He's mm. so angry mm-hmm. about what Anthony Rendon said. He says, did you hear this, Dad? Did you hear what Anthony Rendon said? I'm like, no, what'd he say? He's like, I'm going to send it to you on Twitter right now. He goes, I'm pissed. I can't even believe this guy would say this. Mm-hmm. And then I heard it, and I was like, why don't you, you, you must be pissed about the All-Star game, too. Right. You know, here, do you want to play this for everybody? Is that Lindsay, what you do, do we have the audio of Rendon and Trout? Or? I do not. Oh, oh really? Okay. Okay. Go ahead, paraphrase. No. So basically, so let's start with Trout, because the juxtaposition I thought was fascinating. So Trout gets asked about coming back this year and like, you know, and the team obviously looking different, no show hair, whatever. And he was, they were basically asked him like, would you want to stick it? Do you want to stick it out? Right? Like is basically what he was asked. And he said, yeah, look, I wouldn't ask for a trade, you know, like that's just not me, whatever. And um, he goes on to just say that I don't want to take the easy way out. I wouldn't ask for a trade. Now, look, some people speculate. I don't, I don't know how everyone feels about this, but what if the Angels came to him, because he has the no trade clause, right? Came to him and said, hey, we'll trade you to, I don't know, the Yankees or the Phillies. He's from the new mm-hmm. South Jersey or whatever. Would he make that move? I don't know. Uh, Chris doesn't believe so, because you believe he lives a good life here in Southern well, California. Why would he demand this now? Because Otani left? He's. Why would he say this? He's at now? the end of his career, basically, right. towards the end. And, but like he didn't know how this was going to go. He doesn't know Artie Moreno enough already over over all the years. If he wanted to be a winner, he would have demanded this a long time ago that they do something. And they got Otani, but they never built around him. Right. How old is Trout? Oh, he's in his thirties now. I wonder how deep into his thirties he is, because when you say he's, he's played for a long time, but, right? But when you say he's at the end of his career, the last know, three years have not been great. I mean, we had a. He, I mean, I don't know. He's thirty-two. Thirty-two. I mean, listen, today but he's had a lot of injuries. I understand. That's absolutely right. But in today's game, don't you feel like, especially the way No, his injury history says no. But the way contracts are handed out now, these long-term contracts, a lot of times they're signing guys who are 30 to a 10-year contract. Right, but he's no longer performing at the level because he's not available enough. Those guys that are getting those contracts are coming off career-type years. Listen, I acknowledge that Trout has not been as available in the last three years in particular. Um, and I want to say his last MVP year, check me on this, was 2019. So if he can't stay healthy, yeah. then he'll never be worth the money. 
certainly not to the Angels because he's not really a draw. Right. Otani was a draw. Correct. Trout is a great player mm -hmm. who had, you know, at one time people were saying this guy's going to have statistics comparable to Babe Ruth. Right. He's the next Mickey Mantle, basically, is what people were saying. Okay. So, so Trout said. You modern were, references. But you were saying that Trout, very modern. <laughs> You were saying that Trout, his his whole thing was, I'm not going to ask I'm not I'm asking out. I'm not taking the easy, easy way, way out. out. Right. I will continue to stay here and battle and play and earn my money. Right. So Rendon, okay, was asked about, like, you know, kind of the situation and his situation. And he's like, yeah, baseball's never been a top priority for me. My family, you know, that kind of my stuff. My faith. Right, my faith. He's like, baseball's just a job. Just a job. And by the way, here's the thing. I would prefer my athletes be more like, in this scenario, Mike Trout, right? But you've been around professional athletes a lot. There's a lot more guys than you would think that are more Anthony Rendon than Mike Trout. There's a lot of guys. There's a, there's plenty of Anthony Rendons who just view this as a, a means to an end. Well, like when my son told me, did you see what Rendon said? And I said no, and then he sent me the video, and then I watched it, and Rendon says, look, this is my job. My family is my top priority. My faith comes after that. This is a job. Yeah, people are offended because he makes a fortune that, frankly, since he's joined the Angels, he has not earned not a penny earned, of. Right, yeah. So people are offended by that because, dude, you got all this money and you haven't performed. And now you're here to tell me that baseball is not your top priority? Well, I would ask everybody here, is, this, is, is radio your top priority? Or is it your family? Well, I mean, it, I think everybody would say that they're, in theory, their family is their top priority. So I don't know what everybody was all offended about. Yeah. Because he hasn't won squat. And he hasn't performed. And he hasn't performed for the contract. Right. right. But, it, it, and also I think sports fans, like, dude, I remember back in the day when I was working at Fox Sports Radio and I would be talking about, like, an, like I remember a guy called me one time furious that, I don't even remember who the athlete was. But he called me furious because he went out to dinner with his wife that night and it was a football player. And he ran into the guy at like a restaurant having a good time with his friends and family and a bunch of people at a table. And I said to the guy, well, what is he supposed to do? Just hide in his house because they lost a football game? Like he's not supposed to live his life? Like fans have an unreasonable expectation because fans, most of them, wish they could be Anthony Rendon. And if they were Anthony Rendon, they'd be so happy just to be in the majors and making all this money. And I'm sure there's a part of Anthony Rendon's like, hey, I'm grateful I've been able to play baseball and make all this money, but it isn't my top part. It's a job, okay? And that's the reality. It becomes a point for some guys that it's just a job, even though they're incredibly talented at said job. Is, is basketball right now, is winning a championship right now the most important thing in LeBron James's life? So I think with him, I think that the most important thing is his happiness, whatever that entails. Right. But I think that... It doesn't mean that he's not interested in winning a championship or that he asking. wants to win. Right. right. But yeah, I think that most people's family would be number one on yeah, that but, list. But even still, I mean, LeBron James, his whole, his right now in LeBron James's life where he's already won championships. Oh, so, so Rich Paul, his agent, went on Stephen A. Smith um, on Stephen A.'s podcast. And this was after the day of the Warriors Ramona story. Uh -huh. Okay. And he and I'm paraphrasing now. Honestly, if you if you like basketball or the Lakers or LeBron or any of those things, you should listen to this Rich Paul interview with Stephen A. Smith. It's it's really good. And he basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, that look, man, for LeBron, I would have I would have advised him, or I would advise him in that scenario. Maybe he said I did advise him. I don't remember the context of it, but or the the tense. But he basically said I would advise him like, what's the win there? If you win, you're supposed to win. You know what I'm saying? If you lose, you win to Steph's team, and you're going to be the guy they're going to blame. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to take the heat. Like, that's not a winning... The the the, the, uh, the chances of winning there, um, or you getting a win, per se, in the public perception, are small. Um, and, and, he, and my guess is he like Now, it's different when he was 25, and he went to join Wade and Bosch for four years. You figured, well, they'll get one eventually, but they need to win more than one probably to be like looked at as like some semblance of a success. But now at 39, you're going to do that? You're going to jump teams? So I, I think that that interview really kind of shined a light on the thinking there of that scenario. Because if, he did, if, if it was his top priority, why wouldn't he want to join Steph? I would and say this, if you're LeBron James and you're 39 years old and you're a billionaire and your life is a lot more than just playing basketball, your life is about your media empire that you've built. I'll tell you this right now. 
I would I would guess that if LeBron were being really, really, really honest with all of us, and you said, what's more important for you, winning a championship this year or having Bronny play with you on the Lakers next year? What do you guys all think his answer would be? Playing with Bronny? I probably think playing with Bronny, right. if I had to guess. Right, yeah. so playing with Bronny is more important to LeBron than winning a championship. That, at least that's what I think. I, I think that's what he would he, say. I mean, he said recently something about how he would rather go to his daughter's dance or something. I forget what, what they were asking him about. And he was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'd rather you know go go to my go hang out with my daughter, spend the day with my daughter, something like but that." It, it, and he he emphasized like the importance of family. And I feel like yeah, that's probably more important to him at this point in his life. So I would say this: it, two things can be true at once, right? It a also, lot of people are using that phrase all of a sudden. Yeah, it's gotten really annoying. They're like, jacking it. Was your, it was yeah. your deal, right? And you were associated with that phrase. And now, I mean, I heard Travis use it earlier today. Yeah, it's like, come on, bro. Yeah. So I think that <laughs> come on, bro. Come on, bro. I I think that. I don't think that there's like a huge gulf between wanting to play with Bronny and winning a championship. Like, I think that obviously Bronny's his son, his firstborn, right? Like, it would be an incredible thing for him to accomplish. I also think he still wants to win a championship. Right, but but I will tell you this. I don't think he, look, I don't think just because he wants to play with Bronny and if that indeed was his top priority doesn't mean he doesn't want to win no, a championship. That's what I'm saying. But that's how people take it one now. One is more important it's than the other. People, people now, in the year of the Lord 2024, they make things binary, where it's like option A or B, that's it. Well, that's why when people hear Rendon say that his top priority is not baseball, that it's just Correct. a job to him, Correct. They, people get offended Correct. by that. But I'll tell you this, I definitely think, you know, for anybody that's like worried about LeBron not playing for the Lakers next year, oh, I'll tell you right now, 100% guaranteed he's playing for the Lakers you're, next year. You're breaking that news right now? Well, I don't know about breaking news. Put it news. on the crawl. Yeah, I don't know about breaking news. I'm just telling you this. it's a strong opinion. Why? Because... LeBron is going to force the Lakers to take Bronny on their roster. Whether it's drafting him, whether it's signing him as a free agent, it doesn't matter. This is what LeBron wants, and making LeBron happy has Unless become, someone else drafts him first. No one's drafting him. Why not? Look at his year. Mark Stein reported recently yeah. that he believes there's at least a handful of teams that would be willing to take that chance. Yeah, you know why? In the in the thoughts that LeBron would come to play for them. Of course. Right. Not because he's going to help their team. But that. Oh, but I'm saying because they would get LeBron in that yeah, package. Yes. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is LeBron will say to the Lakers, this is what we're doing. Right. You got to beat people to the punch. I'm willing to sign here, but you have to you have to go draft Bron. Well, we'll see. You imagine if they were to draft him with a first round pick when he's not really a first round talent, but you're just doing it to appease Somebody, LeBron. Who was it that I was talking to, or maybe I saw it? Oh, Richard Jefferson said on the broadcast the other night that he thinks that if you're the Lakers and you're like 25 to 30, like at that point they're basically oh, yeah, second round it doesn't picks. Matter. Yeah, like there's very there's not a lot of examples of guys between 25 and 30 in the first round that go on to be like star players. What's the kid's name they drafted last year? Hood Shafino. Yeah. Right. What, oh, what, Bobby Chachafino. Yeah, him. Yeah. Well, what, what's his contribution this year? Yeah, he's played very little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, Max Christie last year barely played. Right. But and Max he's Christie now he's become a good player. Yes. But that's what it is. Like I think a lot of teams look at now and say, can we develop this kid? You know, any kid for that matter. I'm not talking about specific to Bronny. You know, um, because you were making fun of Max Christie's wispy mustache not too long ago. Well, he didn't have a mustache a year ago. He had a wispy one. I mean, now you know he's pushing being a grown man. He's already been bar mitzvahed. Reach yeah. puberty, the whole thing. All right, coming up next, Cappy, we're way behind now. See, Why is that? This wouldn't happen with Beto. No, you hear this? <laughs> yeah, because Beto would just say, George, you're right. There's the segment. No, that's not true. Beto fought with me really tooth and nail uh, yesterday. Sure About what? I'm sure it was great. About LeBron don't, and Bronny. You guys don't I crap on that. Cappy. I didn't hear that. Cappy saved this show. Wait, I thought you saved my career. Nah, it's both. I was I'm, just going to say, I thought I saved I his know, career. Well, he's, you saved his, we saved his career. Oh, okay, yeah. But you saved the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's why I got those nice shirts for my birthday. There you go. That'll say Cappy and Sack. Right. Yes. Uh, all right. Coming up next, big deal or no deal? Maybe for one question? I don't know. We'll figure it out next. 6.43 time for big deal or no deal. Ooh, fast segment. Fast segment. Take, well, we got a few minutes. We're going to move some stuff around. Right. Yeah. Take it away, Producer Woodsy. Thanks, Christopher. All right. So Patrick Beverly called out former NBA player and current ESPN analyst J.J. Redick for his harsh comments about Doc Rivers mm -hmm. on today's episode of First Take. So first, I'm going to play that little clip for you of J.J. Redick. Right. So let me hold on. Before that, let me give context here. Well, wait, no. I want to just let me just let me do it the way I want to do it. Oh, 
Okay. Good job, Wins. You do it. Okay, go ahead. You do you. Let's hear how it goes. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm -hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> – there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say. accountability. All right, so then in response to that, Patrick Beverly went on Twitter and he said, like, hey, Doc Rivers saved your career. And then he implied that he couldn't believe – that J.J. Redick would go on TV and say what he said. So then J.J. Redick quote tweeted that and he said, hey, Well, man. but he, didn't he say like, right, well, okay, go ahead, finish. What did J.J. say? So then J.J. said like, hey man, I actually had an offer to be a starter for another team with just as much money before I signed with the Clippers and he implied that Rivers did not indeed save his career. Right. So is this whole exchange a big deal or no deal? Well, and then to add into it, Austin Rivers was then, poor Austin Rivers on the next show, or like a show two hours later, gets asked about this comment. And he's like, I'm not trying to defend just my dad, right? But like, I do feel like my dad has been held accountable. He's been fired, right? So there's there's some level of accountability there. Um, there is some level of responsibility. And he's like, I love JJ. We went to, you know, we're both Duke guys. We even played together. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't agree with him that my dad has not been held accountable because you can't be fired if you're not being held accountable in that scenario. What was the origin of the whole thing though? What did I miss at the so, beginning? So the, the origin was doc was at, this was okay. So before the all-star break, um, the, the bucks in their last, in their only 10 games with doc rivers, they're three and seven and their last two losses mm-hmm. were to a Miami team without three of their best players. And even worse, like this is way worse because you know, at least Miami is like a good team. Memphis, who was starting two ga- two guys on a two guys on a on a ten day contract. Mm-hmm. So let me just understand this though. Yeah. So Milwaukee fired their coach, who at the time I want to say was like thirty one and ten or something like that. Whatever right. their record was, Adrian I mean, Griffin. Right. They were really good, and then they fire him to bring in Doc. Right. And in his first ten games, they're three and seven. You mean to tell me that's on the coach? So so wait, we were really good with this coach, and now we're really bad with this coach with the same players. It's the coach's fault. I mean, partially sure, huh? Hmm. Well, I think he. You don't think so? Like at least a little bit? I mean, a little bit, but but I mean, it's the same guys, and obviously somebody wasn't happy with the previous coach where they were winning with that guy. And so, well, I think what happens is you kind of know. You know, like right away, like oh yeah, this isn't gonna work. The, like the Bucks had a lot of injuries too, though, within that ten games. Like, within Damian the ten Lowe, games, Dame, they, did? Dame, Dame they were missing Chris Middleton. Middleton wasn't playing. Middleton, okay. Dame for a few games. Okay. However, you still can't lose to the ten day contract guys. Well, no, Understood. That's, that's like, unacceptable. Like that, <laughs> that's an embarrassing. But wait, loss. but I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. So the coach is to blame for so that. So Doc went on after in the post game yeah. and said, you know, we had guys who were here and we had some guys who were in Cabo. Like he was blaming the players. Like he 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 didn't go as far as like Rick Pitino did, where he like completely eviscerated his college players the other day. But Doc laid it at the feet of his players in that last game against was Memphis. He, was it was it true? Were guys already t- checked out and on vacation? I, I didn't watch the whole game. I can't. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I only caught the fourth quarter. I mean, Rick Pitino. People who don't even realize that Rick Pitino's at St. John's. Yeah. And him talking about how unathletic his team is and how guy couldn't move laterally. Right. Or whatever, guys yeah. can't do anything. You know. Couldn't bounce past. Right. Anyway, so Doc ripped his players in the last game before the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And, and that went and coached the All-Star game. Correct. Which is another joke. And then that's what J.J. was being asked about, and then that's why he went off the way he went off. And look, I will say this. I like Doc personally, okay? And I say that, I've said that before. Um, he was a colleague, and, and I'll say it after. I like Doc. I had a great, fun time talking to Doc during the All-Star break, or the All-Star game. But you talk to a lot of players that he played for, and there's a lot of guys after those Boston teams that'll just be like, whew, there's a lot going on there. It's amazing to me that the Bucks would have fired a coach who was so successful early on. Granted, he, he didn't was, have it. But they were whatever their The guys was. didn't believe in him. Okay, so so then who? David on, Blatt. It happened in Cleveland. Right, but then, they didn't believe in him. But then who on that roster goes, you know who we need? Doc Rivers. Well, I would imagine everything gets run. Look, Giannis has held their feet to the fire now multiple times um, to get himself um, what he wanted or contracts, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I'm assuming they ran that by Giannis, and he was totally fine with Doc mm-hmm. Rivers. I wonder how he feels now. I don't know. I don't know. Man, right. We should ask Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. You don't understand, Eddie. <laughs> Maybe he said, that's not my game. It's not my game. It's not my game. Mm-hmm. I'm too old. Um, so, uh, I look, we'll see. But I didn't love their team even before the firing. Like, I, I told you, like, they don't have a lot of depth. You, you, let me ask you something. Just how you said how the uh, the Bucks didn't feel like that coach. What was his name? You're saying Cleveland? No, the Bucks. Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin. They yeah. knew. They, the players They're knew. like, yeah, he just doesn't got it. You think the Lakers think that Darvin Ham has it? Maybe there's some guys that feel that way. I think there's guys who feel the other way. I feel like it's too early to tell, isn't it? It's a year and a half. That guy no. got half a year. No. Yeah, but that's different. You know if you don't got it, but you know, I don't you think? I, I think that, I think Darvin, that may have been the way it was trending at one point last year for sure. And then they had that run after the trades and that kind of, and he had some good coaching moments in the playoffs, I thought. Um, and then this season, there's probably, I mean, clearly we've talked about it. There have been guys who have had completely different messages than him in in the same post games. So yes, I would say that maybe there are some guys that feel that way. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Are we breaking or are we going? No, we're going to keep going. Oh, we're going to keep we it going. To 5850? All the way? Taking it all the way to the house? Well, I think you got to do Subaru before. I do. We do right? Well then, yeah, break in between, go Subaru and then you'll do dealer's choice. There you okay. go. All right. All right. But Lindsay. Take it away, Lynn. All right, I'll do one more. So the American sports betting industry posted a record $10.92 billion in revenue for 2023, according to the American Gaming Association. Mm -hmm. The huge year for the industry represented a 44.5 year-over-year increase from 2022, which was the previous record. So that's crazy. Like, it you know, nearly doubled. One key factor was the addition of five new legal betting states, Kentucky, Maine, Massachusetts, Nebraska, and Ohio, all going online in 2023. So is this huge increase in sports betting, legally at least, a big deal or no deal? Cappy? Well, I would say it's a big deal. I mean, we talked a few weeks ago about that 60 Minutes piece where they were talking about how um, young men in America are more interested in sports wagering than they are in anything else. I mean, really, like including girls, you know, and and how because there is so much availability to sports wagering that it's creating a culture of people who are more addicted. And I don't believe that. I mean, I just don't buy that. You know, like some people have addictive personalities and they just can't handle things. Yeah. You know, you and carbs. Well, that's certainly a big problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. Um, but I've had other habits where I've said, you know what, I, this is a habit. This is not a an addiction. A hard habit to break. Wait, when you like the pedico? The pedico? Yeah. Sort anyway. of like the pedico. Yeah. For what it's a, worth, Cappy. You, you got a nickname for everything. It's not know? a nickname. That's, it's, it's, people call it a pedico? That's what it's yeah. called. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You don't speak you don't speak Spanish. Yeah. I just came from from Mexico for well, four days. Next I was, time my, you Mexico, know, my, my Spanish was very good. Mm. It's muy bien. No muy bueno. No, it's muy bien. See, si. all right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. What was the question? I I do think it's a big deal <laughs> that there is that much sports wagering going on. Yes. I mean, the Super Bowl this year was the most bet on Super Bowl of all time. Why? Because there's more places to bet. Correct. That's it. Yeah. Eleven billion legally. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is big deal or no deal. Each and every day, at, you know, somewhere after six thirty. Tell us about uh, Subaru. Yeah, yeah. Cappy, you yeah. love Subaru. Tell I us do. about the love. I do. Um, look, there are a lot of reasons that you might love a Subaru. Okay, um, the Subaru Solterra, the, the new Subaru Solterra, is an amazing vehicle. It is the first ever Subaru that is electric powered and it is built for adventure like all Subarus are. It's rugged. It's versatile. It's for people who love to explore and get after it. Hey, listen, if zero emissions and a cleaner environment is important to you, that's something also that the brand new Solterra can offer for you. Um, If you like to go up to the mountains, that standard symmetrical all-wheel drive where you can go off-road with confidence is another reason to absolutely love the brand new Subaru Solterra. Plus, all the latest and greatest technology, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, Starlink Multimedia, Wi-Fi. I mean, everything you would expect. So on the inside, it's all luxury and technology. And on the outside, it's toughness and lifestyle. It's Subaru. And now it's an electric Subaru, the first one ever. So listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go visit your LA Subaru retailers and say, I keep hearing Cappy on 710 talking about the Solterra. Show it to me. Let me test drive it. You're going to love it. Love. It's what makes Subaru a Subaru. And now that love is electric. It's electric. Yeah, we got to get that song that Laura plays. 
The Boogie Woogie Woogie song, the electric slide. Yeah. The part where it goes, it's electric. Yeah, it's from the Boogie Woogie Woogie song. Well, do yeah. we have it? I asked for it. Um, Cappy. I'll get it for you. Speaking of things we don't ask for. Yeah. Um, like your Shaq impersonation. So wait, you really went up to Shaquille O'Neal? Yes! And what'd you say to him? So I, I see him coming. Yeah. One way, and I'm coming the other way. And By I the way, a- did you see Wemby just tower over him? It's crazy. Insane. Wemby is so big, man. Like, it, like he is... in. Like, uh, wow. It's just wild. Like, he I didn't realize humans could be that tall. Freaky, yeah. tall, yeah. crazy human wild. being. Just wild. Like, he made Shaq look normal, you know? You Which, know the name of the, the tallest human being in the history of the world? I don't know. Do you, Christopher? No. Did you not go to the Guinness Book of World Records and find this information? I didn't. His name... Robert Wadlow. Hmm. Robert Wadlow. How tall? He was over eight feet tall. Wow. Robert Wadlow. This is stuff. How you long did know. he live? Not, Not long. long, right? Not long. Yeah. Not long at all. So your organs can't support that. Is that the case? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Got it. I mean, but they Much can like support sometimes Wendy. very small people yeah. that are abnormally small. They have the same issues because their organs are all squeezed in them. Gotcha. Yeah. Robert Wadlow. So, I see Shaq heading my direction, and we're walking down kind of the sideline um, on Saturday, well before the events are starting. And uh, I just kind of did like, you know, sometimes you just bump into somebody on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So I will bump into him and he kind of looks like, hey, what the hell is that all about? And then he looks like, oh, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, what's up? So we start talking for like a second. Would you hit him with the shoulder and the knee? No, not in the knee. Or would you go dump truck? It was like a little above the hip, basically. Okay, gotcha. um, so, <laughs> um, so he, uh, so we talked for like a brief second. What's up? How you been? You cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, bro, I got to tell you something real quick. And he's like, what's that? And I go, my partner on radio does the, an impression of you. And he goes, really? Is it good? And I said, no, nah, it's bleeping terrible. And he starts laughing. And he goes, there's only one. And then he kept walking. That's it. That was my interaction with him. Seriously, we should bring Shaq on, yeah. and I will do Shaq to Shaq. Oh, Shaq to okay. Shaq. Just that like could we, be the segment we could call it. We should, all, we should also, we need to start bringing Kevin Harlan on the show. To do Dueling Harlan? So that we can do, like a... a I saw Har- Kevin. I talked to him a, for a second. A Harlan love triangle. A Harlan off. See, the thing is, is that if we do Dueling Harlans, yeah. it's good for you and me. Yeah. But if we do a Harlan love triangle... To him. Where, right. Yeah. So now, like, he's involved in yeah. it, then it comes, it goes from him to me We just play hot you. potato. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Until the person, you know... Drops out. the ball. Right. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> It'd be like musical chairs, musical Harlands. Nobody does this. Yeah. Nobody does dueling Harlands. Yes. Um, so there. That was dealer's choice today. It was me uh, telling you about you Shaq, go. basically. Hey uh, Chuck, Chuck, you Chuck, you see Sedano? <laughs> you see Sedano, Chuck? Happy birthday yeah. to Chuck. Happy birthday, Chuck. Yeah. We should send him some tequila mandala. He'd be a big fan, I'm Somebody sure. Somebody put out like that video of Chuck in the All Star game racing against Dick Bavetta. Oh, remember that? Back that in the was day? great. Yeah. And and Chuck starts running backwards yeah. because and he falls. Know, yeah. and he falls. But Bavetta <laughs> fell too. Yeah. yeah. And then they hugged it yeah. out because he started laughing that Chuck yeah. fell. So it was great. And then he gave a big smooch. I got a Dick Dick Bavetta smooch one time on the lips, on the cheek. Oh, because they made out. You have no sense of out time, do you? Yeah. What time right, is it? We're done here. The music's been playing for a while. Oh, really? All right, thank you, Cappy. Great to have you back. Christopher, great job. The Circle, great job. Lindsay and Dcash Money, all the folks here that helped make it happen today. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you mañana.